Welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. I am here with our lovely co-host, Brianna, which we are so excited to have back in the room with us today. So today we are going to be talking about how we can deal with worry and anxiety. And I know this is um, a really popular topic for a lot of people. I think there's a lot of individuals that this may really be uh, really insightful for today. According to the ADAA, or the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S. So this affects 40 million adults in the U.S. age 18 and older, or that's about 18% of the population every year. And we know that anxiety disorders across the globe are extremely common as well. So according to the World Health Organization, 3.6%, just about 264 million individuals worldwide have an anxiety disorder. So today we're gonna be discussing worry and anxiety and how it can be dealt with in a constructive and healthy way. And again, we know this is really important. There's a lot of stigma that goes on around mental health. So a lot of individuals who deal with major anxiety sometimes suffer in silence uh, because they may be too uncomfortable to seek help or maybe they're used to others minimizing their issues, saying things like, you know, you just worry too much or you need to get over it or, you know, that's not even real what's going on for you. And we know that obviously doesn't help someone, right? So we're really excited to dive in, discuss this a little deeper and share out some tools and resources. Yeah, I've definitely heard that a lot from people. They say like, oh, anxiety is like overdiagnosed or people need to just like get over it or take a deep breath or just stop thinking about it. Just stop worrying about it. It's that easy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So it definitely goes way more in depth than that. And I mean, worrying and having anxiety, it is a part of everyday life. And all of us at some point are going to have that in our days, you know, you don't have to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder to know what that anxious feeling feels like. But for some people, those worries can interfere with their daily functioning. And it is happening to them on a daily basis, not just, you know, we've all had that test in high school or college or wherever. And, you know, you get that little butterfly feeling and you're worried Mm -hmm. about if you're going to do well or not, you know, that is that feeling of anxiety, but that's not something that, I mean, maybe interferes with your day right, (laughs) right then, but it's not something that is pervasive throughout your day and something that you're having trouble, um, you know, when the test is over, you're having trouble releasing that. It definitely interrupts healthy functioning. And so that would be when it would cross over into an, an anxiety disorder. So we're not mentioning this as a diagnostic tool, like anything that we say, it's not like, oh, they said that this aspect is more disorder and this part is more just normal daily anxiety. Like, please don't use us as a diagnosing tool. There are professionals yeah. for that. We're just going to talk about uh just bringing it up and I'm going to share some personal experiences and we just want to provide a deeper understanding on this topic. We know that anxiety disorders are very serious. So let's start by defining it and understanding anxiety a little deeper before um, we can chat about how we deal with it. So anxiety is an extremely real and normal emotion that we feel in stressful situations. It's related to fear But fear is an an immediate response to a threat. You know, it's like that right before that test, like, okay, totally makes sense that you have that anxiety and that fear Mm -hmm. right before that test. 
but anxiety is a response to uncertain threats. So it's not necessarily a test coming up. You have that feeling come up and there's not anything particularly stressful that you can point to in your day of why that is coming Mm -hmm. up. Anxiety is often characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure, sweaty hands. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a few things that you can feel coming up in your body when you have that uh, feeling of anxiety come over you. People with anxiety disorders usually have recurring intrusive thoughts or concerns. They may avoid certain situations out of worry. They know that that's going to be a trigger for them. Some signs or symptoms can look like constant worry, sleep disturbances, muscle tension, difficulty concentrating. You know, if you're always thinking about whatever it is that you are worried about, it's going to be hard to sit there and focus on what you need to focus on because your body is thinking that there is this threat. There is something that I need to be paying attention to that is more important than what's in front of me. Even if, you know, someone from the outside looking in doesn't think that it's more important right now to you and your feelings and to your brain, your functioning, whatever it is that's causing you stress and anxiety is what is most important to you. And so that's interfering with your daily life because you can't go on with your normal activities because this thing is still in the back of your mind or in the front of your mind, really. And Mm. that's why you can't have anything else on your plate. Yeah, and just difficult to function, right? And just Mm -hmm. kind of get your day-to-day activities, right? And the things that you have to accomplish in that day. It's so difficult to focus on that, right? When you do have sort of that fight or flight response. And we've talked about that so much in past episodes, right? That fight or flight, kind of what that does to our body, the stress that it puts our bodies under. And yeah, it's so difficult, right, to exist there. Again, how are you supposed to worry about, you know, getting your homework done or having those social interactions, going out with friends when you have this overwhelming sense of anxiety and fear, right, about Mm -hmm. things just going on in your life. And so we've spoke about, you know, survivors of violence also suffering from anxiety or an anxiety disorder Mm -hmm. just due to the circumstances, the fear that they deal with. There's a lot of research and information about how trauma can really impact our minds, obviously, right? Um, And give us this kind of overactive anxiety because it's, you know, really putting us in that state of fear. And the unfortunate thing is that anxiety is kind of like a vicious cycle for people with an anxiety disorder uh, because of the way that our brain just processes that information. So when someone has an anxiety disorder, their brain is kind of unable to tell them like, hey, no worries, like we're good, right? Because the mechanisms in the brain that reduce uh, or inhibit or stop those fear signals are just not functioning in the same way. So again, kind of circling back to the beginning when you say like, oh, hey, just get over it. It's not Mm -hmm. that big of a deal. If someone actually has an anxiety disorder, I mean, that is just beyond non-helpful, right? Because they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's not in their cards. It's not within their, their brain's capacity, right, to just kind of get over that and move on. Yeah, those who deal with anxiety disorders and persistent anxiety or worry, um, they absolutely experience disruptions in their everyday lives uh, when it comes to multiple aspects of their lives, you know, relationships, school, work, because it is there mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, you think about trying to function in a social circle, get things done when your mind is just constantly flooded. Um, And I'll I'll share with you, you know, when you're talking about um, the diagnosis of anxiety disorders and people who have anxiety disorders 
Hi, hello. My name is Brianna, and I was once upon <laughs> diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Hi, Brie. <laughs> the way that my therapist explained it to me for the first time was, I believe it's cortisol is the stress hormone. She said, if Correct. there was like a door for cortisol, like, so here's the, here's like a normal functioning cortisol door of like stressful event. Your body's like, okay, we're going to let out some cortisol, stressful events done, cortisol door shuts. But people with an anxiety disorder, and this is how my therapist explained to me what was going on with me, my door was kind of stuck open. And so the cortisol just kept coming out. My body didn't know when it was safe to then close that cortisol door. It was just stuck in wow. this position. And so through therapy, I learned how to close that door. So that was a great way that I learned about it because it's literally, it becomes chemical at that point. You know, yeah. cortisol is something that can be imbalanced in you. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, there was no way I was just going to talk myself out of that cortisol being released from my body. I was past that point. I needed therapy to right. make sure that I could handle everything that was going on that was causing my cortisol door to be stuck open like that. So that was a few years ago. Um, I did therapy for that. I did EMDR. If you guys are familiar with that, it's where you do like eye desensitization. Um, if you want to Google it, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. I've recommended it to a few other people and it helped me a lot. So that was a couple of years ago. It's not that it ever really fully went away. I don't think, I mean, maybe that was on me. Maybe I should have gone to more therapy, but COVID happened. And I, I personally wasn't interested in virtual therapy. I mean, I, it's, I think it's great for other people. I just don't think it was working for me. So I probably could have continued it, but I still kind of deal with some of that. Then I got pregnant right. and then I gave birth <laughs> and then hi, enter postpartum anxiety. <laughs> um, and that's a phrase we don't hear a lot. Yes. I knew that I was more susceptible to that because not only had I been diagnosed with the, I call it GAD, the generalized anxiety disorder, but I probably didn't completely work through all of it. You know, totally admitting to that. If my therapist is listening, hey, I should probably give you a call. Um, (laughs) So I kind of knew that it was coming up, but yes, exactly. People do not talk about it enough. I think all Mm. of the screenings that I did, you know, at my daughter's pediatric appointments and even in my own six-week appointment, I think they really focused more on the postpartum depression because we right. do hear about that one more but the yeah. questions were not specific to anxiety and mm. I think had they been I would have scored absolutely atrociously on those screenings sure. but because it was for depression I was passing those screenings just fine and so nobody was really talking to me about it it came from my own knowledge of it that I knew that that was something I was dealing with so when we talk about anxiety disorders, it's not um, just, you know, you either have an anxiety disorder or you don't. It's like me, you know, I, I've had it diagnosed in the past. I'm probably still dealing with it. And then now I have the added postpartum anxiety with it. So it's definitely a spectrum that we're looking at. So again, don't let us mm-hmm. diagnose you whatsoever. Uh, this is just something that we want to raise awareness about and then encourage you to seek help if you think that it's something you're going through. Mm -hmm. So while we're raising awareness about it, let's talk about some ways that it can be managed or that it can be dealt with. 
Yeah. And first and foremost, I just want to say like, thank you for sharing, especially your experiences in the past. And yeah, I just think that's really interesting, right? As someone who has not given birth, who is not a mother, you know, I've, I've commonly heard uh, the key term, right? Uh, postpartum depression, but postpartum mm-hmm. anxiety is something that I had not heard before. And so I think that's really mm-hmm. interesting just to think about that, right? And puts in perspective this huge scale and this huge um, spectrum, right, of different kinds of anxiety disorders that that exist that we may not even know about a lot of them, right? Um, and so to kind of jump into how we can deal with this, right, and of course there's a spectrum of how we can kind of manage this, um, and it obviously is going to be dependent on the person and what kind of anxiety they have, X, Y, and Z. Um, but it's just really important to know that, you know, anxiety in a lot of ways, especially kind of more common anxieties, they can be dealt with. Uh, because just like what we were saying before, how, you know, these anxiety disorders are occurring because of that kind of misfiring in the brain, right? Our brain's inability to kind of tell us like, hey, it's okay. Those cortisol doors that uh, Brianna was kind of talking about, right? How that, that stress hormone can kind of just get out of control and go a little bit too far. These things can occur, but we also know that our brains do have the ability to form new connections and Mm -hmm. kind of reorganize itself, right? And there's a lot of ways in which that could occur. And so let's start with some uh, kind of common anxiety ways we can deal, right? So first and foremost, this is something we preach every single episode of this podcast, but mindfulness and meditation these are super wonderful tools right and again this is we're going back to this kind of common everyday anxiety right because again like we said sometimes with hormone imbalances stuff like that you know simple breathing and mindfulness really may not cut it right but again everyday kind of stress before we're taking that test right and things like that Mm -hmm. yeah meditation mindfulness excellent techniques to have right because this can really help calm us down and just slow us down a little bit. So especially if we're being triggered, right? Maybe our heart rate has increased a little bit. Maybe we're starting to tense up. We're starting to get that sweaty palms feeling, right? Um, This can really help us just take that moment, kind of calm down, and maybe even change that narrative going on in our minds, right? So I think a great example is thinking about a test. And I can tell you, test anxiety, so real. I (laughs) had such bad Mm -hmm. test anxiety all throughout high school, all throughout college. Um, And really a lot of the time it was, you know, I wouldn't even open the packet or open the test yet. And in my mind, I had that stress and that fear, like, oh my God, I'm going to bomb this. I Mm -hmm. somehow could have prepared more, even though I studied for hours. Like the narrative in my mind was just so self-destructive, right? So in that case, if I had this wonderful tool, if I could have taken a few breaths and really known about mindfulness meditation at the time, yeah, that could have been really helpful, right? Just to slow me down, be like, girl, you got this. You know you studied. You know you know this information, right? And just, again, change that narrative instead of, oh, no, this is way too much for me to deal with. And that's snowballing from there, right? Because that's, I think, so easy for that to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, even, you know, just having affirmations, I think that could be super powerful. Again, focusing on our breathing, focusing on mindfulness. I know in another episode can't even remember which one it was, but we referenced um, the five senses technique, right? To kind of help Mm -hmm. calm us down through a trigger. And it's going through your five senses and noticing five things. So five sights, five sounds, five tastes, smells, right? And touch. And so, yeah, just doing something like that, right? To kind of take us out of that moment and just give us a little bit of that breathing room is super powerful. 
Yeah, another technique, and this one is pretty simple or pretty, we'll call it basic because we're talking about our basic needs. Uh, so that's <laughs> just making sure we're getting enough sleep, enough food, food that really fuels our body in a good way, and taking time to exercise our mind and body. I was listening yeah. to one of Dax Shepard's podcasts one time, and he was talking about how he um, you know, mentors people who are in AA, who are you know, walking through that. And he said, whenever someone calls him and they're very upset about something and they're just like rambling all this thing and he can't even like get to the bottom of what they're really upset about, he says, okay, I want you to go either like exercise or go take a walk, go do something to like get your blood flowing for 30, 45 minutes and Mm -hmm. then call me back. And he said, more often than not, when they come back after that, they do not have as much to ramble about because you got that blood flowing in your body. You gave that chance for your brain to think about it, to process it. And just movement for our bodies is so, so good. Even if it's, you know, snowing or whatever, you can't get to a gym, just doing whatever you can, stretches, jumping jacks, punching a pillow if you need to, you know, getting (laughs) that blood flowing, doing something with your body can really do can really do a lot of good. And yeah, nutrition. I mean, if we're not giving our body good things that it needs to function, you know, talk about chemical imbalances and all of that. If we're not functioning on the correct nutrients that we need to survive, then that can throw all of those things off. You know, we don't need to start a nutrition conversation, but (laughs) it's, it's very important. You don't have to be the healthiest eater around, but just make sure that you're having you know, good nutrient foods are, are making their way in your body. Uh, yeah, just remember, however you can get your body moving, if you need to watch like a YouTube video for for yoga or something like that, there's a lot of different ways that you can just get up and get that blood flowing. And that mm-hmm. could help the anxiety to not be so pervasive although if it is a diagnosed anxiety disorder you know with all of these you might be running through all these things you're like well none of these are working and then you know (laughs) then we therapy is is still helpful absolutely so don't think that you're unfixable or whatever because Mm -hmm. you know you went out on a walk and you came back and you're still feeling just as anxious and just as worried this is not supposed to be like a fix-all but it can help Another great technique that was recommended to us by one of our therapists here at Live Violence Free was to set aside worry time. So if you are someone who tends to worry a lot, you find yourself just throughout the day can't focus on other things because you're only thinking about this one thing or this group of things, take some time to write it out Mm -hmm. and You can just, it's a small portion of your day, you know, take like five, 10 minutes, however long you need to journal about it. You know, if you keep them all in the same place, or maybe you just grab a sticky note nearby, you just need to write it out. This personally helps me a lot too, because then I see it on paper and I'm like, okay, it now lives on paper. So it doesn't have to live right here anymore. I do that. Like when I put my daughter to bed and then I'm like, okay, she's asleep I don't have to be like watching her anymore I'm gonna clean the house I'm gonna do the laundry I'm gonna shower I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this and then if I do that next thing I know I'm like forgetting everything that I needed to because I'm just all over the place trying to get so much done 
And so I just started writing out a list of like tonight, I'm going to do the dishes, I'm going to shower. And, you know, one other thing, I'm going to mop the floors. And that is all I'm going to do tonight. So that's kind of another example of writing out a list. You know, if you're worried about something, you can write it down of like, okay, when I'm finished with this meeting, then that's when I'm going to deal with this phone call is when I'm going to deal with this and this, you know, these are the things that have been on your mind or if they're just thoughts, you know, let them live on that paper. So you don't have to remember them and you don't have to keep that cycle going in your brain quite as much. You know, that there is another place you can go to reference that you don't have to remember exactly what it was that you need to keep at the front of your mind. So I, I thought that was a great tip and it's something that I use, you know, in other situations and I, it definitely works for me. So it's a great one to share. Yeah. Big shout out to Michael, our therapist for sharing that. Um, I really love that as well. Cause I think there's something really powerful in that. Right. And just writing things down. If, sometimes when that thought mm-hmm. leaves our mind or our mouth and, you know, just go somewhere else, for instance, you speak that out loud to someone or just yourself, or you put it down on paper, yeah. there is something, it seems so maybe trivial or silly, but there's something so powerful in that. You release it almost. Yeah. And a lot of us, you know, if we know we're anxious, if we know that, you know, we do have anxiety around certain things or just kind of in general, just, you know, kind of recognizing that uh, maybe instead of these thoughts like popping up, you being worried about how they're coming into your day, like sometimes just like settling in or just acknowledging them, right? That like, this is something that happens. I do have you know, different moments of anxiety throughout my day. So like, why don't I set aside a time, right? Like, why isn't it when I get home from work or maybe in the morning with my little morning meditation, like that's when I'll have my worry time, I'll kind of get it out, right? Or just at least allow myself with compassion to experience those feelings, right? So it's not just so maybe pervasive or throughout the day, right? I think that's just a really interesting approach to that, right? Kind of settling Mm -hmm. in, allowing yourself, acknowledging that that's okay to do that, right? And that's something Mm -hmm. that you can work through. And so kind of moving up the spectrum here, um, let's say that someone deals with a little more persistent, right? Uh, Anxiety or an anxiety disorder. We already kind of mentioned this before, Brianna already said this, but connecting with a professional if possible, right? And now I know, we know there's so many barriers for seeking professional treatment, right? So there's uh, first and foremost, the the stigma of seeking a professional sometimes, and maybe that's not just from you, maybe that's externally, it's friends or family or a partner, right? That's really giving you a lot of grief um, or really making it difficult for you to feel comfortable, right? Accessing that. But also Mm -hmm. maybe not having insurance, right? Not having um, access to a facility or transportation, ability to travel to seek professional help, right? All of these are extremely real um, possibilities, Mm -hmm. right? And real barriers that people may face. But if possible, we know how impactful it can be, right? To really Mm -hmm. connect with a professional. Um, And you know, it's great to connect with friends and family. It absolutely is. But our friends and family aren't licensed professionals. I mean, if they are, wonderful. But if they're not, right? But that's not their job as your family member. (laughs) Exactly, right? Sometimes, again, it's not the place, like Brie mentioned. But also, um, if they're not, you know, there could be really well-intentioned friends and family you have. But yeah, they might not have uh, that level of training, that level of expertise, right, in order to really 
connect with you and give you the resources or the support that you actually need, right, in order to kind of move through this anxiety. And so many mental health professionals use what we call CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and this is a extremely effective method. This is talk therapy. And what it does is it really helps someone identify their triggers or their upsetting thoughts, their kind of you know, cues of anxiety. Um, and this talk therapy helps determine uh, in your brain, helps your brain determine whether or not these triggers are realistic. And so over time, using this method, your brain can rebuild, right? Like we were saying before, a lot of those connections um, and those neural pathways. So instead of triggering you, your brain can say, I don't need to fear this, right? Or all this, although this was traumatic, I'm in a safe place now. I don't need mm -hmm. to feel that fear any longer or at this moment, right? And so that's really, really powerful. Um, and of course, I think we can always, you know, have one of our wonderful therapists come on. I would love to do a full episode just on CBT therapy. Um, yeah. But yeah, but just right now, I'm just happy we kind of just mentioned that, right? And talked through that a little bit. Um, there's a lot more that goes into it, but overall, it's just a really powerful tool to have. Absolutely. So we talked about some general uh, ways that you might be able to manage anxiety, including therapy. But, and I know I've already shared a little bit personally, but I think one more thing on a personal level that helps me with anxiety, and this I actually got from Carly Johnson. She's a speaker in the sexual violence field. She's awesome. But she said, you cannot be stressed and relaxed at the same time. Mm. So she actually, I think the story where she brought this up was she was in an elevator and she was super stressed about something. I might be making this up. Sorry, Carly. But <laughs> <laughs> the way I remember the story is she was in an elevator. She was very stressed about something. And she just took that time while she was by herself in the elevator and just like thought about relaxing her body. And I do that so frequently when I'm feeling just like so uptight and anxious about something like I can't hold all of that anxious tension in my body because right, our bodies mm. feel our experiences and we can hold trauma and we can hold anxiety in our bodies. Yeah. If I like consciously relax my body, I don't feel that as much, all that worry mm -hmm. and all of that tension. I can't be like this and be stressed and have my shoulders relaxed and be relaxed at the same time. Yeah. So that's one thing that helps me. And it's so quick to do. You can notice it in your day. You know, have you seen that meme you come across and it's like, you are currently looking at your phone and you need to relax your jaw and unfurrow your brow. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I come across that, I'm like, ah, they got me again. I totally yeah. am looking down at my mm -hmm. phone and like my eyebrows are all stressed. My jaw's all tight. Like you let that go and and you think, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, okay, that feels better. So having yeah. those reminders throughout your day of just relax your jaw, unfurl your brow, relax your shoulders, anywhere else you feel tension in your body, just tell yourself it's okay to release that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you can feel just that little bit of relief just from doing that, giving yourself that reminder. 
Yeah. And just going back quickly, right? That's such a big part of meditation and mindfulness, right? Yes. And kind of why that's so effective, right? Because there's a lot of times where that's gotten me to that same thing, like on Instagram, where it's like, yeah. you need to sit up straight and take a nice deep breath. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're right. You know, it's yeah. just things that we're not consciously all the time aware of. And then when mm -hmm. we become aware, it's like, oh, wow, like, thank you, right? You're almost like thanking mm -hmm. yourself for like taking that moment. So yeah, I love that you shared that. All right, so we're going to have some resources uh, here linked below because, you know, we mentioned therapy and it's important to us that we don't just say go to therapy and not give you resources for that. Also, <laughs> dealing with uh, feeling anxious and having those stressors, it can absolutely lead to thoughts of suicide. We want to talk about mm -hmm. that just real quick to mention it and make that real. Um we do realize that. And so we'll have the suicide prevention hotline also in our notes here and you can reach out to them. We have our number. We will link below. If you're in the Tahoe or Alpine area, you can give us a call on our crisis line. And we mentioned a few different things like CBT. You know, if you want to look more into that before you actually go into therapy, um, I mentioned EMDR. Uh, I don't want to butcher what it stands for, but uh, that's another thing that maybe we'll put a link to or <laughs> right in the notes um, because that's something that really helped me with my anxiety disorder. So definitely take a look there and get yourself some professional help if that's something that you think would benefit you. Yeah, absolutely. And I really am super appreciative for you to kind of mention right the the link to um possible suicidal ideation because that's that's really important right um mm -hmm. we did a really great episode on suicide prevention with lisa from the suicide prevention network and you know we really hit on the fact that a lot of those kind of suicidal thoughts come out of spaces within us that feels like we're so overwhelmed or like things can't change right and think about mm -hmm. the direct correlation with anxiety right and how yeah. if you think you're this constant state of fear um, you know, that things just cannot change for you, then yeah, that's, you know, it's pretty obvious, right? Um, that that might occur, that might come up for someone that's dealing with a lot of anxiety. So big thank you for mentioning that. And so the last thing we're actually going to mention in terms of, you know, ways that we can kind of help alleviate anxiety, kind of again, moving down that spectrum, we just talked about that CBT therapy. Uh, the last thing we're going to mention, and we know that medication is not for everyone, right? But um, for those who are open to it, we know that, you know, there are anti-anxiety medications out there that can provide both short and long-term relief for a mm -hmm. lot of different individuals. And so, you know, when these anti-anxiety meds are prescribed, and are taken correctly, that's another big thing, uh, they can really help alleviate that overactive anxiety response that comes up in our body, right? And so again, when it's kind of beyond us being able to practice that mindfulness or that meditation, that five senses technique, whatever it is, um, you know, when it's, when it's beyond that, then these meds can really help, right? Start realigning some of those chemical firings, right? That are happening in mm -hmm. our brain, happening in our body, um, and maybe, a really great way that, you know, that individual is then able to focus on other things instead of their anxiety, right? Because they're not feeling that uh, chemical release happening or that, those misfires yeah. happening, right? And so studies have shown that, especially a combination of that CBT therapy we've been chatting a little bit about and medication 
can really reduce the overreactive anxiety response. And so again, we know not all of our listeners may be open to medication. That is fine. Find mm-hmm. what's best for you. We support you in doing so. But for those who are, it may be something to, yeah, talk to your healthcare provider about, right? And, yeah. you know, it may be difficult. Again, there's a lot of shame, possibly stigma around having those conversations or, you know, kind of quote unquote, like admitting that, right, to someone else, especially a healthcare provider. But no healthcare provider. I will say no healthcare provider should uh, make you feel any kind of guilt or shame, right? I, I don't want to say that none of them will. I don't know every doctor out there, but especially yeah. within their professional capacity, yeah, none of them should be making anyone feel shamed or bad about having anxiety. Again, we know it's also so common for people to suffer from anxiety disorders. So yeah, we really encourage you, right? Um, with that support that, yeah, if you really feel like that's something that could help you out, go and have that conversation, right? And explore some options, talk about, you know, some deeper things within that, what that could look like for you and how that could be possibly a good fit for you, right? And so, yeah, so we also just wanted to share out too, some common ways, I know Brie talked about her technique, um, you know, of kind of noticing that stress or anxiety, calming that down within her body, right? How that was a great technique from Carly, I believe her name was. Um, But just wanted to share out some kind of personal tips as well, right? And I can say that I personally, uh, unlike Brie, I've never been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. I know that I do have anxiety. I think every human, right? As human beings, we all experience anxiety, right? Over in some degree, um, from some kind of external stressors or internal stressors. And so when I experience anxiety, like I definitely do, um, uh, there's a lot of things that I do. I think writing a list, like Brie mentioned earlier, um, is really good for me, especially if something in a task seems really overwhelming. Sometimes just writing it out for myself because it goes from being this huge looming problem, maybe over my entire day or over this hour of my life, it goes from too big to deal with down to maybe five or 10 steps, right? And those five or 10 Mm -hmm. steps seem a lot less overwhelming than that huge monumental task that I have to do. Um, Also, uh, I think cleaning for me is a really big one. And I think it goes back to kind of like moving around, right? And doing something, uh, getting your blood flowing. I kind of think of cleaning for me as like a moving meditation. I'm very different in a lot of people in a lot of ways from other people where I love to clean it's not something that is like oh I gotta clean up I'm like oh I love cleaning like I want the new you know fun um like cleaning products and things and <laughs> get me that Swiffer and like the that next new... vacuum exactly yeah. I'm, I love that kind of stuff so for me cleaning really helps me right because I kind of just get into the zone of it I'm moving my body I'm moving around and I'm just focusing and it's kind of like you have that control in that moment too right you're able to take something you know how it needs to be clean. You clean it, make it look all pretty and shiny and new. And it's like this this moment, at least, maybe outside of everything else going on, it's like you have this control over that. And mm-hmm. you can kind of see your accomplishment and your success in that really quickly, right, depending on what you're cleaning. And so that for me is a huge one. Um, mindfulness and breathing like I said we do that every episode here because we're all such big advocates of mindfulness and breathing and meditation I I love working out in the sense of I love doing kickboxing Um, that for me is my go-to and I love it because yes it's extremely strenuous Um, I think for some people it'd be like a little bit scary I've definitely gotten over those initial nerves of it right it's it's intense Um, Mm -hmm. but I think because 
it is so intense, right? Especially if you are sparring with someone, right? And you're kind of lightly, you know, like moving with each other and kind of throwing punches or kicks at each other. Um, it's, it's really a moving meditation also, right? Because the only thing I can focus on in that moment, like, like I'm not worried about my bills. I'm not worried about, you know, yeah. other life stressors or these things going on in my personal life or at work. When I'm there in that moment, it's like physically the only thing you can think about is that moment and what's happening right in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. And so that for me is a really great way to kind of, you know, just disconnect from everything else going on um, and just be right there in that moment. And then on a lighter side, I will end with this, which is polar opposite of sparring with someone, but <laughs> baths. Love taking a bath. You know, mm. I set up the whole thing. I got the candles. I got the music. I got a yeah. lush bath bomb. I have the salts, like whatever it is. I treat myself in that moment, right? Like I make mm -hmm. sure that I feel like I went to a five-star resort, like I'm completely out of every other element and I'm just there enjoying that relaxation time. But I think those are definitely my biggest ones in terms of just getting over, you know, just kind of my stress and my anxiety that I deal with. Real quick, that reminded me, they say with young babies, if you just can't figure out why they're crying, to either take them outside or put them in water. And it just occurred to me that we Ooh. can really do that as adults too. Like take me outside or put me in water. Yeah. And both of those things are going to calm <laughs> me down or do both at the same time. No, take me yeah. outside and let me jump in a lake and I will be a okay. Or like yeah. a hot tub outside or like a, yeah. Or oh, like jump yes. in a lake or like a hot spring or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love that. But yeah. And so there's a lot of ways. Um, Bree, do you want to share any more of, you know, your little tips for how you deal with your anxiety? I think we've mentioned some really good ones. And I, I did a little bit of CBT as well uh, when I was going to therapy. And so that really helps you to identify like, okay, why am I feeling this way? You don't feel as out of control when those feelings come up, because especially mm -hmm. with generalized anxiety, it is exactly that it's generalized. Like you can't even always pinpoint why you were feeling so anxious about something and that right. can make you feel really out of control. And so it's taking back that control of like, what is it that triggered me? Maybe it was a few days ago and I just never dealt with that. And so it's mm. really figuring out those things and then being prepared the next time they come up, like what is happening in my body right now? Mm -hmm. And so the next time I feel that happening in my body, what worked the last time and going right. through that list of, okay, I need to go for a walk or a walk didn't do it last time. I need to take a bath or a bath didn't do it last time. I need to have this. So I think mm -hmm having that list of different things that can work and then recognize when that's coming up in your body so you don't get to that point where you know you've been feeling anxious for a few hours maybe right when you feel it coming on you can start going through that list and it might feel a little bit more manageable than if you have no idea how to handle it for hours or days on end I love that it's like just doing that mental inventory kind of right yeah. and just going through yeah. and, and finding what works finding you know I like kind of going back to the root of it right like what exactly caused this can I identify that and mm -hmm. there's again a lot of power in that too right kind of being able yeah. to speak to oh, yeah. what it is instead of just like I am just anxious or like I am just overwhelmed right and so yeah love it 
I love it. I think that's a that's a really great thing to keep in mind. But with all of that being said, I think it's a great time to practice what we preach, uh, especially this whole yes. episode, and do some meditation. So we're going to do a little meditation that is centered on dealing with anxiety and helping us calm down from anxiety. So maybe a great resource, um, you know, just to keep in mind moving forward after this episode, since we've been in the space talking about anxiety, maybe you clicked on this episode to listen to it because it's something you deal with and you wanted more resources. Um, so this meditation in and of itself could be a great thing just to add to your toolkit, right? Or something that you can practice. And so let's just take a moment. Let's find a comfortable space for ourselves, whatever that looks like. And if you're seated, I want you to just kind of begin to sink into your chair or wherever you are. I just want you to start noticing your body's contact points. If you are laying on the floor, notice the contact points between your body and the floor or your body in the chair, your feet on the floor. Start to bring focus to your body and start to really breathe slowly and deeply. Inhale into your belly, really drawing your belly in. Expand the chest and stomach. Exhale and feel your belly button draw back to your spine. With your next breath, allow yourself to notice any anxiety in your body. Where is it? Are you holding it in your heart, in your belly, your shoulders, your mind? How does your anxiety feel? Does it have a color when you think about it? Is it cloudy? Does it feel sharp? Does it feel tight? When you exhale, imagine the edges of that tension you're picturing just gently blowing like they're in a breeze. Inhale and breathe into the anxiety, meeting yourself where you're at in this moment with compassion. You deserve this compassion at this time of unknowing. And as you're breathing out, imagine yourself exhaling the tension like a strong breeze. As you breathe in next, gently squeeze the muscles in your body for a moment and release with a big sigh. Once more, squeeze as you inhale, exhale and release deeply. If it's comfortable or possible, bring your hand or hands to the area where your anxiety is. So perhaps this is your belly, your chest, your shoulders or your head. As you inhale and exhale, Send relaxing energy from the center of your heart down through your arms and your hands directly into that area. Take a few breaths here, sending that energy through your hands. You can choose to leave your hands there or you can drop your hands back to their neutral position. Wherever you're at, just begin to feel that connection again with your seat, with your contact points. Inhale spaciousness into your body and exhale, release any unnecessary tension 
softening and just blowing away that tension with every exhale out. Allow yourself to feel at ease in this moment as you breathe in compassion and exhale what you need to let go of. Remember this feeling of allowing yourself to notice your anxiety, but to also work through it with your breath. As you breathe in these last few breaths, repeat the mantra, I am safe here. Exhale and send that intention through your body and out into the world. I am safe here. Let's take one last big breath in, really open your chest and your belly, and a big exhale. start bringing awareness back into your body. You can revert back to your normal breathing. Come back into this room whenever you're ready. And thank you to our listeners for taking that moment for themselves. And you can really use this method of relaxation, even if it's just that mantra at the end, which I love so much. I am safe here. Um, Because sometimes with anxiety, it's not about being in a quote-unquote dangerous situation, right? It's just that generalized feeling of anxiety. It just makes us feel afraid or fearful, right? That stress can really do that. And so, yeah, no matter what, just repeating that, I am safe here, right? To have these feelings, to be in this position or this place, to be experiencing this, but knowing ultimately I am safe in this moment is such a powerful thing. So just remembering that, you know, using those well-intended breaths um, can really help us, right? And just that calming down process if we're feeling that overwhelmed. So hopefully you listeners will take that little resource and utilize that. And I hope maybe it's, you know, helped calm some anxiety out there for any of our listeners. Yeah, I love that mantra there at the end. I think that really solidified the whole meditation is just reminding yourself that you are safe in this moment that you deserve to take that time for yourself so just remember anxiety is a normal part of life it is nothing to be ashamed of or to feel weak about you know I'm not ashamed to say that I've been diagnosed with generalized anxiety it's something that Mm -hmm. I think we should talk more about and postpartum anxiety you know I haven't been formally diagnosed with that but I love to talk about it because other than like Instagram pages that I follow, no one talked about it with me. Um, Many people are going through this with you if this is something that you're experiencing and not every remedy or tool will work for everybody in the same way. So it's important to find what works for you. So to make, make sure to check out our resources, get more help if you need it. And thank you so much for joining this conversation.